Ladies and gentlemen, this is Safari Steve, and I have another special guest star, which everyone is a special guest star. It is Jakey Poo. Yeah, you can call me whatever you want, Stevie Wonders. <laughs> can I be blind today? You can be. Well, I mean, you are. Look at look at who you're friends with right now. <laughs> Someone who could beat me at beat my ass. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I would beat your ass. You, I, cute, you cute shit. I am so cute. I'm adorable. Do you like my mug? I do. It's sister wise. Sister wise, appropriate for Utah. Appropriate for what I'm going to talk about today too. <laughs> what do you what do you, what do you want to talk about? Oh, just the poisons of religion, dude. Mm. Well, yeah, there's tons of those. Oh, every religion. Can I just say though, this is exciting. You got a podcast now. This fancy little microphone. I just want to touch it. I'm not going to, but I just want to. I touch just want it. To touch it. Make their ears hurt. Like stroke it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I think it's okay. We can get start. I'll, I'll, I'll start out. No, with let's. It. We can bullshit for a minute. It's fine. How's marriage? It's been a. It's been a month. A, a month and a half. Is it already? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I just is it, my lord and redeemer and savior. What? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude, we just celebrated 10 years of being together. When was your anniversary? April 16th. Wow. When we first started dating. Hey, and her birthday is a few... Sorry, um... Uh, yeah. It's three days before yours. Yay. April 17th. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so we actually started dating right after her birthday because she wasn't, quote-unquote, allowed to date because she had a previous relationship that was not healthy. So her parents were not into letting her date before she was 16. They're also Mormon. Religious LDS, however you guys want to say it. I'm not religious anymore. Uh, it's the Church of Jesus Christ or Latter-day Saints. Sure. Mm -hmm. Long description. Long, just too long, too tongue twisted. I'm going to say Mormon throughout the podcast, if that's okay with you. Yes, and Okay, so... Trigger warning disclosure for those that are listening. If you're listening, uh, we're going to talk about some deep stuff in religion, not just the Mormon religion, but all religion. And uh, if you have sensitive ears or you feel really strong about your about your particular religion, uh, you should probably turn this off now because we are potentially, pretty much, probably going to get offensive. So, if uh, we haven't already, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, without... those that know me know that I've got a mouth, and so anything that I say is potentially offensive. So, do I care? Eh, a little bit, but we say this with all in respect and trying to find. Well, we try to get around the BS about things. Why? Why do people say things? Okay. Anyways, before I start, <laughs> without further ado. Sign off if you don't like it. Keep listening if you want to hear the deets. Anywho, proceed, my good friend. So a little backstory about me. I was born and raised in the LDS religion. Uh, I was a Mormon up until one of the dudes said that it was offensive. So they changed the name. Which kind of, kind of bugged me because, gosh, the church spent 
millions and millions of dollars on the I'm a Mormon campaign, right? And then, I don't even remember who said it, but someone in conference said that calling us a Mormon is a win for Satan. And so they changed it. I don't know how you feel about it. I know that you are recently converted, but I don't know how converted you actually are, Steve. Um, I still... I still think there is a lot of truth, a lot of BS, a lot of good things that come out of every religion. And I can't... There's so much to this world that we don't know, and there's so much to the universe we don't know. And so I like to keep an open perspective. Particularly, um, a, good a good example is, I think, Nephi 3 and 4. That's what um, got me thinking about it uh, immensely, where... Um, you can don't I'm gonna say allegedly and you can quote me if I'm wrong but when Jesus came down to the earth to the, to the people of Americas he's like sup y'all keep the faith keep the hope you um you know keep the faith I'm gonna head out um, some guys in Jerusalem just uh, you know executed me <laughs> made me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna head out of here my my father's coming back I'll rise in three more days just to say my farewells Daddy's and coming. <laughs> uh, when I come back the apocalypse probably gonna happen I'm just kidding I'm taking this too far <laughs> anyways Jesus shows up what I was told is Jesus shows up in multiple parts of the world because uh, people are asking okay how is Jesus in the Americas isn't he supposed to be on the opposite side of the world in the Middle East and why is Jesus white well I thought to myself okay okay maybe he's an alien same with God and he's the artist he created the universe what if he's a chameleon could change colors yeah what if he's a chameleon so like Santa Claus Santa Claus is a chameleon he can be black he can be white he can be whatever you want him to be but that's kind of the other thing that bugs me well all the, the other thing many of one of the many things that bugs me is this up until recently I mean growing up my entire life you know I've had pictures of Jesus on my wall growing up and all the prophets and whatever and they're all white why is that why is you know if, if Mary was in Jerusalem and Jesus was born in Jerusalem and that area is particularly darker skin why is Jesus white aliens aliens okay got that out of the way aliens <laughs> well I without disclosing too much I was allowed to watch a video to show the creation of Adam and Eve and Jehovah what was God's name? What's God's uh, Elohim? Elohim and Michael, they're all hovering over the earth saying, hey, let's go on down. So when they were hovering over the earth on their alleged description of how it, on their perspective of what God looks like in Jehovah's, they're all white-robed white guys. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, if you were to go back in time and bring your cell phone or an, a an AK-47 and you shot down a bunch of Mongolians or the Europeans, they think you're a witch or they think you're a sorcerer because you did some magic trick with a lighter. You brought a lighter back in. You brought a lighter So you brought gunpowder that they didn't really... I mean, they had gunpowder back then, but 
Not a rapid AK-47. I've got an AK-47. That's fun to shoot. So we call we can't explain it. So we call it witchcraft, sorcery, or right. we call it. Um, I guess I don't know. Science falls in the category, or something we cannot ex explain. So if you took Jesus or God that just randomly teleported to the Americas and then to the Middle East and then all to other parts of the world telling people, you know, keep the commandments, I'm going to head out of here. We would call, my interpretation would be teleportation, like Star Trek. They just show up on random parts of the Earth. Yeah. So in my mind, I thought that's, what if that's science? What if they're a higher tech level of extraterrestrials that I can't explain who they are and they also have shape-shifting abilities or really cool plastic surgery whatever you want to call it that they it makes it easier for them to talk to us where we don't get freaked out that they're green aliens with big eyes or gray aliens whatever see this is kind of what i think about is you know there's did you see the show loki uh no i oh, i couldn't i couldn't God. cope okay i mean gosh uh <laughs> uh in loki they have the timekeepers right which keep the time of all timelines and everything well then they i think it's like the second episode too like it's not even like far along they end up cutting the heads off of one of the timekeepers and it turns out that it's just a, like a robotic statue like it's not even like a real thing like everything that they've known to believe was a lie and there was a select few that knew the truth and then loki and female version of loki end up trying to figure out who's the real timekeeper, blah, 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 blah. And that's kind of where I think religion is. Is It's, I don't want to necessarily say made up, but it's it's made up to where it fits you, it fits your lifestyle. Because if you, if you think about it, everybody that I've talked to about religion says they were born in the right religion, right? Mormons, Catholics, Jews, Lutherans, whatever, all born in the right religion. But how is that possible? right they all have such differing beliefs sure like most of them the main principles the same you have god you have jesus you have the spirit some of them believe that they're all one perfect one person that does different things and some believe that they're three different people that do three different things and for me um so a little more backstory my dad has been a seminary teacher since i was born like literally when i was born i think it was like that week he was offered a job to be a full-time seminary teacher and so he knows a lot of a lot of stuff about the LDS church, right? And I would go and ask him questions and just say, this doesn't make sense to me. Can you help me figure it out? And his response to me was, go read the scriptures. That's usually the common saying. <laughs> That's not going to happen with me. <laughs> I Not that I don't mind doing my own research, but I have dyslexia really bad. And so trying to read old English in my brain just doesn't work. And so I would try to look up the scriptures that he would tell me to look up, and it just didn't make sense. I didn't gain any understanding with it. Mm. So I did my own research, a.k.a. Google. And that's kind of where I started to... I mean, I never really believed in the Mormon church, but that's where I really started to see the differences in opinions, the differences in beliefs, the contradictions within the church itself. And so ever since then, and gosh, this was... 2018 2019 and so that's when i started just fully focus on researching not church approved 
sources because that's that's where they kind of get you. Then that's and that's where it's kind of like the brainwashing kicks in is because they have their own approved sources that they will only let you read. And so if you're reading something from like a non-church approved source and it contradicts or shows the contradiction in the church, they freak out about it because they know there's contradictions in the church and they're trying to sweep it under the rug from what I've seen. Oh, that's 1984, George Orwell. The Ministry of Truth, and just like the government's trying to, it's only thesources.gov.org, that's where you can find legit sources. Mm. So if you go to .com, uh uh-uh, it's not not legit. It's not legit. So I started to look at, my main focus was Joseph Smith, because that's, I figured if, if I can prove that it was true in the beginning, then I can prove that it was true in the end, right? And when I was looking into it, I was actually trying to prove the Mormon religion to be true because that's what I had been taught my entire life. And, I mean, I was no perfect Mormon. I was drinking when I was 16, smoking when I was 16, and all the stuff you're not supposed to do, you know. And uh, so, but I was trying to prove it to be true because in my brain I was like, well, if this is wrong, then my entire life is a lie and I've got to start over, start fresh. So I was really trying hard to prove everything accurate, what I was taught growing up, and I couldn't do it. Everything that I was reading, everything that I was looking up, and and I looked at multiple sources. Um, the main one that I'm sure all ex-Mormons know is the CES letter. I don't know if you've read that or not. but I haven't got, I haven't, I haven't read it yet. It's, uh, it's more, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's basically just, say, it's a letter that this one man wrote to the general authorities saying these are all my questions about your religion and he never got an answer because he pointed out all the loopholes all the contradictions all the excuse me all the holes in the religion that uh no one was willing to talk about and then so i read that one and then i read this one called letter for my wife and that one is more or less the same type of type of thing but the uh the layout of it is more he's writing a letter to his wife that's why it's called letter from my wife and he says these are the things that i have found out about the lds church to prove it not to be true and i loved it i i've read it two or three times well that's a lie i've listened to it two or three times because i it's hard for me to read as i explained before but the, the main thing that got me was the polygamy because for a long time the LDS church was, oh, no, we never practiced polygamy. We never, you know, we never allowed it. And then they proved it wrong. They proved that that was a lie. And the LDS church says, well, I mean, we allowed it, but then God took it away from us. And so it's what I've noticed in regards to not only just a government's um, but religions as well is as you go throughout the centuries, you have to drop a few things and you have to pick up a new few things. So like, I don't know. Let's talk about the U.S. government. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just use this as as a you do whatever example. You want to do. This is your show, Steve. For the, I'm just here for the longest time. You don't have uh, alternative ethnicities running running um, leadership positions. Um, you know, up until the 60s, and this goes towards 
the religion where they allowed finally allowed was a 1970 87 i think 19 let's let's jamie this thing i believe it was 1987 when they allowed like at least black people to have the priesthood uh the priest while you're looking this up i'll talk about kind of a side point on this same topic 1970 oh, 1978 see dyslexic my numbers were flipped um but you know the religion teaches that god is the same yesterday today and forever right but blacks i mean the the, the mormon religion was established in 1820 something and it took 150 years for blacks to be able to hold the priesthood and now one can women no women no. can go now on missions women, well women can go on missions but women have been are still fighting for that we want the priesthood we want the priesthood and they're still saying no 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 that's that's for men only. That's not for women. Your role is to have babies and get out of our way, you know, essentially. They, they don't say it that rudely, but it's essentially the same thing that they're saying. But, you know, if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, you know, when in the Bible God floods the earth because it's the most wicked it's ever been, but how come he hasn't taken everybody out since then? I mean, they say that the rainbow, it's not a symbol of gay pride. It's a symbol of... I'm not going to flood the earth again, right? I literally thought the rainbow was because of the Lucky Charms man. <laughs> Why are you would th think that it's because well, of Lucky Charms. They're always after to be Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's funny. Side note, my uh, trainer, when I started law enforcement, uh, he he's a little little short guy. I think he was like five foot two, <laughs> And he sounded and looked just like a leprechaun. I call him my little leprechaun, my good luck charm. But uh, anyways, so... How come, you know, God's flooded the earth and he said he wouldn't flood the earth again, but why hasn't he gotten rid of the evil since? I mean, the prophets of all religions have said that the earth is the most wicked it's ever been right now. But why not get rid of all the wicked people? Why let them prevail? Why are we letting child molesters out there? Why are we letting murderers, you know, any kind of rapists, robbers, why are we letting those people out there still? Uh, shoot. I think it's... I just think it's more heavily documented now because we got the media, we have more reports coming in. But when you go throughout every anything before, shoot, the 18th century, you have the Mongolians in the 12th century. You have the French killing, you have the French killing off a bunch of um, the nun women. You, you know, Catholics. You know, you right. know they're not allowed to have kids, but they all have. Uh, no, sorry, the Catholic. Let me rephrase that. The Catholic priests and the nuns. Are you know supposed to have chastity? Is that right? Sure. Okay. Well, there's a you can fact check me, but there is a tower right next to a lake somewhere in Europe. I forgot which one it is. I'm pretty sure it's France. When they were doing investigating of that lake near the tower where all the nuns were at, is full of dead babies. So hey, I've never heard of that. So. So it's it's funny how um well man is imperfect and there are Except we're, for us. we're perfect. Still. I am perfect. You see how awesome my skin is? It's so pink. <laughs> see how short I am? <laughs> you are short. I pick She's not short. Her hair is short. There's a difference. Okay, hold on. Let me finish what I was saying, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so man is imperfect. And we, but we're, you know, the commandments and 
whatever denomination or religion you're from, you have these rules, right? And they're supposed to keep you on a thing called the equilibrium. And the equilibrium is kind of like a balance. You know, you got the good and then you got the bad. It's kind of like tax. Taxes, do you get money back or do you owe money? <laughs> <laughs> Taxes are just bad. Taxes just suck. <laughs> uh, and humans are chaotic just on a basic level. It's like you got you to gotta have like a guiding... You gotta have a laser pointer or guiding light, or we'll just be out of control. We have to have a set of ground right. rules, or word. If we don't have ground rules, there's no point to society. And so, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the exception to the rule, but I'm also a hypocrite. <laughs> it's you have to unlock a certain part in your brain where you have to recognize to not be a douchebag and to, because I am a douchebag, but not to be like. I don't know, don't be a raper, don't be a killer. Unless they're threatening your family, then kill them. Or do whatever, I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's there's just a part in your brain that you have to unlock to find a balance in your life and find a balance um, to recognize what's good and what's bad. And that's the eye of the beholder, because... Um, there's so much judgment going on where it's like, oh, well, I'm already screwed anyways. God didn't accept my visa, so I guess I'm going to hell or I'm staying on Earth. And uh, when going to your question of, like, why isn't he stopping things now? Like, we've had, we've had so much recognizable bad stuff happening. Why is war still continuing? Why are innocent people still dying? There's a episode, no, there's many episodes in Supernatural. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen a little here and there. My wife loves it because of the guys. but They're good looking. They are good looking. I just can't get on board with how fake the acting is. Uh, there, um, God, there's a character who plays, as an, uh, plays God in Supernatural. And pretty much their interpretation of it is God is a creator of worlds. And so... Pretty much Earth was kind of like an art piece that he finished and walked away from. He's like, all right, go have fun. I'm out. Bye. And so they play a song somewhere in season, well, I don't know, season 14 called God Was Never On Your Side. Hmm. So it's talk, it's calling out all the, all these people who claim to be prophets and claim to be righteous people and they claim to heal, but all they do is steal. And uh, it's like, why isn't god do anything about it it's like part of the plan well that kind of reminds me of i think it was either the middle or malcolm in the middle or one of those shows where the young kid and i forget his name because it's been forever dewey dewey thank you where he says you know uh i had an ant farm and i tried to keep track of which ones are good and which ones are bad but i couldn't keep them straight so i smote them all i i really don't think that god really gives a shit and watches over us like everyone thinks like everyone in religion thinks he does you know god's always watching well that may be true maybe he is maybe he's not but do you really think he cares if i drank before i was 21 or even drink in general do you think he really cares if if i like to look at indecent women you know like do you think he cares no i don't think so maybe he'd care if i killed my neighbor if it was without due cause but i really don't think he cares all that much which takes me to Judgment Day. Like, 
Is judgment is he gonna be like, okay, tell me what you did bad, or is he gonna be like, we're gonna get there? And he's gonna have a list, and he's gonna be like, okay, on October fourth, uh, two thousand three, uh, you you did this wrong, and I don't think so. I don't think he really gives a shit. Rinse, wash, repeat. Rinse, wash. No, wait. Wash, rinse. rinse. <laughs> Make a decision. Wash your hands on a Sunday. Repeat. Learn your lesson. Repeat it again because you have problems. You know what the, my favorite, the funniest thing I think of is created in his image. If I remember right, the devil is his son too. Right. Lucifer, whatever you want to say. Created in his image. So I thought to myself, Okay, humans like to kill other humans. We like to do a lot of bad stuff. And w I know we're focusing on a lot of negative. There's a lot of good things about religion. Oh, we'll get to that. We're, we'll we're get there. we got to end on the positive note. we got to focus on the negative first. Yeah, so... Um, created in his image. So you have a lot of death. You have a lot of treachery, BS. you got your seven deadly sins. Wait, hold on. Before and we continue. Okay. Created in his image, but what about the guys created or born without limbs? They call them birth defects, but if everyone's created in his image, why are some of us born without legs or without arms or with two heads or with a brother growing out of our hip or whatever? Just, a, just food for thought. Conspiracies. Okay, I'll give you food for thought. Okay. One, don't do drugs, kids. That's a... We all let to, the dare lion down, dude. We, we so, screwed him over. So everything, everything that you do on an individual basis, whether it's little or small, does indirectly or directly affect your future. Me okay. doing, me doing heroin right before I get a girl pregnant. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but you know, you're taking an action that does allegedly do chemical harm to you, and if you're transferring that chemical harm towards the next generation, they're going to be passing on as a drug baby. There are some kids in our school that do that, uh, or that have, they're drug babies. They were pretty much, their parents were, I don't know, on drugs while they're conceiving and then having the kid and they have issues. There's many reasons to that, but you're with born without limbs and all that. Okay. Humans, humans throughout the centuries or, or start having just issues. Don't and pardon my French. Just don't fuck your sister. <laughs> oh, you missed the candyland. You had the little defect, a little pinky right there. Have, have you ever seen someone on like heroin or meth or any kind of real drug? Meth, yeah. I'm it's it's terrifying because yeah. you know I worked at the Salt Lake County Jail for some time and. It, we'd see people coming off of heroin, coming off of meth, coming off of alcohol, coming off of... You name it, I'd seen it. And the one question that I always had for them was, why do you keep going back to it? You get clean, you've been through the withdrawals a number of times, why do you keep going back to it? And they always give me the same answer. Because it's what I know. It's what I know what to do when my life gets hard. And that's kind of trying to tie it back into religion here. That's kind of what I feel like religion is. For a lot of people, it's a ground base of life. But mm -hmm. here in Utah, it's a lot of people's way of life. And that's they have to let it control their life. Or they feel like they're not doing their part to make it back to heaven. So, I got a story for you. I got a friend who actually 
He's he's had a lot of substance abuse issues, right? And he actually killed himself, was successful and killed himself. And he went and saw the other side. And he told me, because he was dead, he said that the doctors told him he was dead for about four hours. And But to him, it was just like a snap of the finger. You know, he, he was there for maybe, it felt like a couple minutes and then he was brought back. But he said when he got when he got to the other side, he saw two different pathways. One pathway was dark, and he said it was hot and it did not feel good. And the other side was warm. It was a nice warmth. It was not so dark, but not super bright. And he said that there was a voice inside of him that said, you get to choose your fate. And then he was brought back. And so since then, he was clean. He stopped doing drugs right there. And this was two and a half, two, two and a half years ago. So going back to like afterlife, judgment day, there's got to be something out there or, or else our lives don't mean jack shit, right? So if, if there's something out there, and I believe this man 100%, you know, I trust him with my life. If what he's saying is true, then there is something out there. But I don't think it's what, at least the Mormon religion believes, you know, they've got the celestial, terrestrial, telestial kingdom, and then in the celestial kingdom, you got the three degrees, and then in the top degree, you've got three more degrees, and or what, however it goes, I don't remember, dude, it's been so long since I studied that shit, but to me, it's, religion is, it can be a necessary thing, like, for me, I'm glad that I kind of grew up in the LDS church just because it gave me good morals, it gave me you know, it gave me a good belief system, taught me how to be kind and forgiving of others. But I can do that with my kids just as well without bringing them to church every Sunday. And that makes... Uh, yeah, there... I was glad that I was brought up Lutheran. Um, it... There's a lot of foundational things, like we were talking about earlier, to... Make a, I I really love that a lot of a lot of it's family oriented. Supposed to be family oriented. Supposed to be. But dang it, when I'm trying to hear the preacher and there's kids yelling and running, I'm like I cannot focus at all. Um, but yeah, you can you can teach your kids outside the religious faith. Um, it's just I ca I call it the great laser pointer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easier when you're in the scene. Focusing when you don't have too much distractions like TV and then our our kids generations will be so Stuck with Tablets cell phones technology. They're gonna be so wrapped in it and they're gonna be heavily distracted More probably more distracting than we ever were they won't get to I'm not gonna say never say never but um I do I like I like the fake place. I like the idea that you can go to a place to learn about it, even though you can learn it at home. But the focal point is your whether you believe in auras or spirit or the vibe. When you go to a place, it, um, they're like they have so much representation of to keep your mind focused on something else, rather than when you're at home. Because some, for some people, when you're at home, you're, um, sometimes it could be toxic. Sometimes, uh, 
you're not in the right mindset and you don't have things there that remind you of things that should be positive, I guess, on a religious perspective. Uh, here, you can take um, Sorry, I was I kind of, I didn't zone out. I heard what you're saying, but I was looking up the five stages of grief because when I, when I left the Mormon church, uh, I was stuck. So I was initially, you know, their, their denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I was in denial for a long time. You know, I was, I was stuck in that place of, so what, what is out there, you know, like for me, I went, I wouldn't say atheist, but I didn't really believe in God. I didn't believe in a higher power. I didn't believe in anything for a while because, you know, when, when you're taught that everything that you've learned about your entire life is a lie, you start to think of what else is a lie, you know, like, you know, did, did God really create the world? Did the big, was it the big bang was, and I've been fascinated with space and science my entire life. And so looking back on space and seeing all the cool shit that's out there, it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to see how small and inc and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconceivable. <laughs> no, just how small and we don't really matter, you know, like they still, they're, they've discovered billions and trillions of planets out there and they've only discovered, I think it's maybe in the millions, hundred millions or something that could potentially hold life. And so why insignificant? That's the word I was looking for. Sorry. Um, but if there's that many planets out there that have life, why haven't we found it? And when I was growing up, uh, I was told that the only reason that we have Jesus on this earth is because we were the only world out of all the billions of worlds that God created that was wicked enough to kill Jesus, right? And not accept him as his savior. Okay, sure, I can get on board with that. But what about the other planets? Do they have a Book of Mormon? Do they have a Bible? Do they need one? Because if they're going to just accept it, do they need it? Do they have a different savior? Did Jesus go and dies multiple times? So, to that, that's why I was going back to, I, I got sidetracked, but Nephi 3 and 4 where he shows up on different parts of the earth. Right. So, origin stories for different religions, even the ones that believe in multiple, multiple gods, even prior to that, but prior to uh, Christianity, for an example, is, in a sense, what if they have different entities or higher power higher beings that have shown up on different parts of the universe or world that each group like this this is an uneducated assessment here but shintoism confucianism Mus uh, muslim hindu uh norse mythology egyptian mythology chinese mythology japanese mythology etc etc mars people atlanteans um, people from Jupiter, if there was people in Jupiter. There is. Just, just an example. Jupiterians. Jupiterians. The Romans. So, wait, what was I saying? I forgot what I was saying. Um. Did I get moments no, 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 brain, no, no, too? I don't no, know. So, they all have their own different religions. And they, like I said, they all have a little bit of truth, a little bit of lies, a little bit of, uh, I have no idea what's going on, but we're just rolling with the flow with it. 
And so, like, you know, Coke is, a, Coke is okay now. You Still talking about cocaine or soda? <laughs> soda. Uh, here, let me, let me show you this real quick. It's, so, if you type in on Google, the Simpsons intro, I typed in Microsoft cells in space. But they have uh, the intro to the Simpsons that talks about, just, just watch it. So, they go out of the Simpsons house. I thought it was sideways. Okay, I'm on board. Okay, they're going out of the world. And now they're going into the universe, and they're passing through all the, the planets and The galaxy. Suns, the galaxy. Aliens in space. They keep going further out. And now that's the... Milky Way. Milky Way, one of the galaxies. Now they're going into microscope, or microscopic cells. And then going into DNA branches. Going into more DNA branches. Coming back out. And it's Homer Simpson's brain. Oh, we know he's not that smart. Yeah. So, the cells in your body, little ants, the cells inside those ants, whatever's inside the cells, whatever's inside those cells, whatever's inside those cells, 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 what is the creation of our giant universe? What's inside the universe? It's a giant cell inside that cell, you know. It's a hair follicle. That's fair. And does not make any sense, and I have no idea how to explain the creation story of that creation story of that creation story. I mean, science is complicated, and that's why I don't do it, because I'm not smart enough. But, um, kind of going back to what I was talking about, I mean, you talked about Nephi 3 and 4, but with everything being so complex and... Where's the rest of it? I mean, there's... Nah, I can't remember the name of it, but there's this one scientist who talked about two different possibilities of why we haven't found life out there, right? One of them is either A, we're the first, and we're the only world that's gotten complex enough to where we can actually have life and hold life. And, like, maybe... Because they found, what, ice or water on Mars or something. So there might be biological life out there meaning plants and whatnot but we haven't found living creatures like we haven't even found bugs we haven't found anything and so his explanation is either a we're the first or b we're the last and that's more terrifying than we're the first because if we're the first then cool we either leapt over some huge hurdle that no other planet or species out there has been able to leap over or we every other species that was alive out there is dead because of this obstacle that's coming that we haven't hit yet. So I think that's I think that's cool, but at the same time, if we're all creating our own image, who's to say that we haven't had aliens on Earth, right? Because what's the big conspiracy about the pyramids that they were made by aliens, right? But the Bible teaches they were made by Hebrew slaves. So which is right, and that that's the thing is. Why can't we have both? Why can't we have religion and science? Where, like, growing up, I tried to help prove, you know, biblical things such as the earth being created in six days because the earth is, what, 4.5 billion years old or whatever. And I, I told, asked my dad, I said, well, you know, time doesn't exist to God, so what if one day to God is 750 million years to man? And that, that theory got shot down. And you know, in my head, I'm thinking, Dad, I'm trying to help prove your religion here, and you're not letting me. Because if you think about it, 750 million years, 
That gives enough for the Volcanic Age, the Ice Age, the dinosaurs, every stage that we've had up until humans. And on the sixth day, God created man, and then God said, I'm tired, I'm done. And he rested on Sunday, allegedly. And so I tried to help prove that with just a theory, and I'm like, I'm not a scientist, but like, what if? And that got shot down. And so with those, that's kind of where I started. And this was, gosh, I was like maybe six or seven. And that's when I started to distance myself because I'm trying to make sense of it all. And I'm getting shot down. And they don't give me an actual answer. Or silence. Silence or, yeah, no answer. And that makes me more, it makes me more eager because when people don't give me an answer, it's like, okay, I'm going to make up my own answer. Or make I'm gonna... up my own or find my own. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of warlords, a lot of, shoot, a lot of politicians or warlords or religious leaders, just like the Kool-Aid man. Do you ever, you ever heard of that one? The, um, the guy who killed a bunch of people for Kool-Aid. It's in South Africa. Is that uh, for real? Yeah. Um, John... Okay, well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to talk about another one that bothers me. Um, the Tower of Babel. I don't know where in the scriptures it is. I don't know if it's in the Bible or Book of Mormon or whatever. But, you know, the story goes as follows where, you know, these these people were trying to build a tower to get to heaven, which we, we all know that that would kill them because they get to the atmosphere and die. But God changes their languages. And so they can't talk to each other. They can't communicate. And that's how they explain where we get... You know, English, Spanish, German, French, all these different languages throughout the world because they were all trying to get to heaven or build a tower up to heaven without earning their right, quote unquote. And so God changes their language. Well, what happens, you know, six, seven thousand years later, we create a spaceship. We go to the moon. So what the hell's the difference between the Tower of Babel and a spaceship? Well, the difference is the spaceship can actually go past the atmosphere different purposes we can still i mean we've been to space we know that heaven's not right there so why why if if the story is accurate why did god feel the need to change all their languages on them so they couldn't communicate like i understand like but aren't we all supposed to be striving to get to heaven so they're actually trying to build a tower to heaven and he says nope not gonna happen how many people Striving to get to heaven, so you have to. It's almost like start. If you're uh, playing an MMORPG, you're, you're at level one. Uh, and I you, don't know what that is. Fine. Uh, I forgot the accurate. I'm playing World of Warcraft. Okay. World of Warcraft or some video game where you have to get to level seventy, level sixty, get all the great gear, and then keep playing for some reason. So you spend all this time on Earth trying to get to heaven or wherever your destination is valhalla or uh 72 virgins whatever whatever floats mm, your boat sounds wonderful <laughs> no man that's like asking the monkey the monkey hand wish like how many wishes do you want or you um you the monkey hand grants you a wish you get what you want but it also has a curse to it or has the mm. flip side to it isn't that like uh wonder woman 1984 or whatever isn't that kind of what it is where you get a wish, but then he takes what's most valuable to you. Yes. So, I, I don't know. I call it. I call it um, getting to heaven is like, do you have your visa card? 
Did you follow the laws and rules and regulations? Did you, um... Oh, it looks like here um, you violated code 172. You weren't supposed to do this. Did you? Do you remember you stealing from this person? I'm like, <laughs> thou shall not steal. Well, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, how can I make amends? That's okay. I already sent my son down to this earth to forgive your sins. Did you, did you repeat it again? Yes, multiple times after every fucking Sunday. Forgive my language. This is an explicit content, and we have already passed the threshold. We've passed it. We, we put the disclosure in the beginning. But I see what you're saying. Like, you know, Jesus came down and bled for, what was it, three hours total from every poor, which was supposed to pay for the sins of every single person that's ever lived or will ever live on this earth. Every single sin. I guarantee you I've I made Jesus bleed for an hour by myself because I, I'm not saying that I'm a bad person, but I'm definitely not perfect. And if the rules that are set by religion are the rules that I have to follow, man, I'm a bad person, Steve. I've, I've been sinning my entire life. I've sinned today multiple times. Well, what if, well, just what if, I prefer to believe in Odin? Well, mm. I guess we're good, right? Because uh, I don't recognize the other jurisdiction or other authority. I was just telling um, a guy, his name's Stephen, Stephen Riley, or sorry, sorry, Riley, awesome guitarist. He he came on the show. He's on episode two. I was just telling him like, okay, well, what if all the gods of this world or other worlds is just one big giant call center, and you have the main god, which if we allegedly believe that he's the CEO of the company, which is whatever universe or so if you give if you're a Greek soldier or a commander and you're praying to, I forgot which god, Ares. You're praying to Ares saying, hey, can you bless my sword so I can win this fight? And Ares picks up, the, um, you call, your, your prayer is going to the call center saying, hey, Ares, uh, you have a caller on line one. And Ares says, oh, thank you for calling God's call center. How can I help you today? Hi, could you bless my swords? Can you bless my uh, shield so we can win this battle? Okay, well, if you sacrifice 100 golds, goats, 199 golds, if you sacrifice 100 golds for one year, we'll bless your swords, and we'll bless your shields, and we'll make sure your empire reigns for at least probably 50 years. But if you do these no-nos, we will suspend your uh, membership, and we will cancel your subscription, and you will die. Ouch. So, what if it's just a giant call center? So, kind of going off of that, when I made the conscious decision to just leave religion altogether, you know, it kind of, every other religion out there didn't seem so crazy. Because, you know, like, you, you've got a belief system, you know, say you're Catholic and, now yeah, I don't know any Catholic rules, say you're Mormon and you, you know, you follow all, or you believe in all the absurd things that they believe in. And, you know, someone says, well, I believe in uh, Zeus and Poseidon and Hades. And you're like, no, 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 that's that's not right. It's pagan. Well, how is that different, you know? you got Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, right? The main three dudes, that would be like God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, right? Like, how is it different? It's just, it's the same message, just with different names. So what's the what's the big deal if you believe in something different? What's the big deal if you believe in... You know, Odin or Hercules or God or whatever. What's the big deal? Why is it 
especially here in Salt Lake City, Utah, what does it matter if we believe something different? Why can't we all just leave each other alone, let us live our lives, and let us be happy? Because... because oh. oh, no, you can go ahead. I'll finish my thought later. No, no, after you. Okay. You finish, finish. Okay. Oh, I'll finish, all right. <laughs> um, I believe it's in Exodus, chapter like two or three. God says, I will smite all the gods of Egypt. But yet God also says in the Bible, I am the one and only God. So he just admitted that there are gods of Egypt, and then he says that he's the one and only God. So were there gods of Egypt before, and he kills them all, and then he says, I'm the one and only God? But then he'd be killing. Breaking his own rule. So, then you would have listeners asking you, Okay, well, what testament? Is it the New World Testament? Is it uh, the Old Testament? And Yeah, or sorry, let me rephrase that. Uh... King is that the King James version or is that this version? Well, let me so, just disclose: I am not an expert on religion at all. I'm just going up based off of my personal experiences. So, if you've got answers for me, that's cool because I don't know how you read. I don't know how Spotify works, but I don't know how you'd reach out and give us answers. But the answers that I received, or the answers that I've had to look up on my own because I didn't get answers given to me like a rich child, you know, I, it's just kind of what I've been going off of. Well, if you do have answers, I would recommend you look it up online instead of asking me or him. But if you want to email me and my show, it's Safari Steve as S T E E P H show at gmail.com. Safari Steve show.com. No, sorry, not dot com. Fuck. Safari Steve show at gmail.com. Watch your mouth, young man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop the F bomb. <laughs> Again. Again. No, I really see. Isn't that a sin in itself? I, I just it's it's part of my language. If I'm trying to express my emotion or trying to, it's just part of my culture. I love to swear. I don't mean to, but it just it's well, just there. And let's admit, I bring out the worst in you, Steve. Yes. You know you bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad influence. Now, um. When it, when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, so if you're living in Turkey or Greece in an older century, you were, grow, you were born into whatever cultural standard of that time and that location and that religion. And so if you didn't participate, you were pretty much on the outskirts of town. And you're not excommunicated in a sense because, you know, the world had... Tons of different groups and trades, trade routes and whatever. But as a bulk, especially if you were part of the Sultan's army, which the Sultan's army of those centuries, like particularly the 14th century, was compiled of all different Orthodox and uh, different Christian Orthodox, Muslim, and other denominations, etc. But there was always internal strife, so you for some reason, are always in a fight with someone who doesn't respect your belief system. And so there is conflict because people don't respect each other. And they, don't, they think you're a bad person because you don't swing the, swing the way they swing. So I've noticed it a lot since me and my wife and kids have left the Mormon church that it's a huge, huge disadvantage for my kids to have friends because it's a, it's a very very much a part of a social 
aspect, right? Like, you know, you get invited to gatherings such as, like, they have a 4th of July breakfast every year, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. They have activities for Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever, whatever, whatever. And since we've left, like, we haven't been, like, no one's reached out to us to see how we were doing. They actually thought that we moved out of the ward because our records are no longer on church records. So our name no longer appears on their ward directory. So they forget about us, right? It's like I stayed in the same house. I haven't moved. I haven't changed. I just don't, I actively don't believe in what you guys do. And so it's. I've noticed a lot with my kids that it's a lot – I wouldn't say harder for them to make friends because they still have friends through school and stuff. But it the friends that they have aren't close by. Like they're not in the neighborhood. They're not down the street. They're way in the hell down in South Jordan or whatever because our kids go to a charter school because I don't send them to public school. I refuse. That's another topic in of itself. But it's it's a huge disadvantage, at least here in Utah, because you know the, the main – the source of religion, the denomination, is the Mormon Church, and if you're not part of that, you kind of get looked down on. And I've I've known noticed, you know, you know there was this lady that I I knew growing up. I, her name's Carol, and she was a I mean she still is. She just moved down to Saratoga Springs, um, but she was the nicest lady. She always she'd bend over backwards to do whatever she could for anybody, and usually that meant baking because she was not very physically adequate enough to do anything like hard labor wise but she'd always bake cookies and whatever and so she moved out and the people that moved into her house my dad says hey let's go knock on the neighbor's door and meet him i said cool that's fine not a big deal and he was bishop at the time and so we first first thing he says he introduced himself hi this is my name this is my son jake are you guys members of the lds church and i thought to myself are you kidding me that is the last thing that I would want to hear if I was new to the neighborhood and already you're trying to get me to join your church. I don't know. What do you think about that? It depends on how he said it. Just like that. But, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a matter, some people, so I've been criticized for being, behind, going behind the bush, but I'm trying to, I look at the dynamics of conversation. It really depends on who I'm talking to. Like, do I kind of... Per I'm judging you. I'm pretty much judging the book by its cover. You don't look like a sensitive person, but if I'm in or... If, or you look like you're about to beat my ass. <laughs> you want to show me your shotgun when I knock at your door? I don't know. It it depends on who, the, the, who his interaction was and if he perceived them or he, based on his intuition... Maybe it was an okay decision based if he thought about it on a forefront and saw them. It's like okay, I'm gonna swing this way or on an instant. Um, but it's, it's but it's, I wasn't there, and so I can't exactly. It really depends on situational basis. But on a, on a on a basic standpoint, for me, I wouldn't ask them. I would ease into it because just I'm gonna translate this in a military perspective. Okay. But if I'm going to if I'm going to tell you to stop smoking, if you are, if, if you were a cigarette smoker, I'm going to go and tell you, hey, you need to stop smoking. What are you going to respond to? Go fuck yourself. Yes. So you're attacking person on a forefront. So if I'm going to directly ask you, like, hey, are you LDS? And it's like, 
people will put their guard up. It is a defensive mechanism that's that they will raise their shields because that is depending on how they interpret it. Right. However, if you're going to persuade and going to make diplomatic relations, you need to find the chink in the armor. See, we, we called that building a rapport before you do anything. So, but that's not the first time that this has happened. Every, every new potential member, quote unquote, that we could have had in the, in the ward, that's how my dad would introduce himself. You know, this is my name, this is who I'm with. Are you guys members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And you know what? After I left, I had the missionary show up to my house. And they they asked me, they said, are you Brother Brown? I said, nope, see ya. And they're like, well, do you know where he lives? I'm like, dude, you're going to have to give me a first name. And they said, Tyson. I said, well, I bought this house from Tyson four years ago. Who sent you to my house? And they said, uh, what, what are you talking about? I said, uh-uh. Don't give me that bullshit answer. Who sent you to my house? And they kind of stammered a little bit. And then they said, oh, well, there are some people in the, in the ward that are concerned about you. I said, that's fine. Let them be concerned. Get off my property. If you're not going to be straight up and honest with me, I want nothing to do with you. And if you're going to sit there and try to bullshit with me and try to say we were looking for someone else, but since we're here, would you like to hear about Jesus? No, I don't. Get out of my face. Because I don't want, like, I appreciate my dad being direct, and that's what his motives are. But at the same time, get to know someone first. Because what if they had a really bad experience with religion? Not even just the Mormon religion, just religion in general. You know, there was this family that we knew. I'm trying to remember, their name was like Flores or something. And they had a really bad experience. I think they were Catholics from California. And they had a bad experience with religion. And my dad wanted to bring the missionaries over, and they said no for a very long time. And it was, they said yes after he brought them over to our house for dinner, got to know them a little bit, kind of showed that he meant no real harm, like his intentions were good. And then they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll have the missionaries over. Long story short, they got baptized and then left the church like a year later because they realized that religion is just not for them. But if you're going to be upfront about it and just say, these are my motives. You know, you can expect a finger or a door in your face or something else. But if you actually get to know them first to where they're like, oh, this guy's my friend. And then, you know, hey, well, this is why we do what we do. Are you guys interested? That to me is more personable than just, you know, the missionary days, you know, knock on the door. Hey, we're members of the yeah. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Boom, door in the face. I mean, I never went on a mission. I could just assume that's how it went. I... It's all tech in a sense. How I'm gonna make it sound bad, or not in a interpret it how you want. But in a sense, it's all tacticianing and all kind of getting a sense of feel of your environment, who you're about to talk to. But if you're wanting to make successful interactions with people, you cannot. Some people you can go on the forefront. Some people, it's more like, I found a lot of successful things to be too endeavoring. Or, sorry, God, I can't word right now. You don't focus, it's like, I'm not focusing on the money. I don't really care about the money. I want to make relations. Like with this pot, oh God, I can't word right now. <sighs> Take your time. <laughs> when... 
trying not to make you're trying to make oh god i can't really can't think about this right now this is killing me um just build diplomatic relations be nice to people be respectful if you have an agenda or if you're wanting to spread the word or make a sales pitch doing head-on head-on um interactions you are going to receive resistance until you stop and analyze the situation analyze what are your intentions are you trying to build a better world and build better relations with people than you actually care give make sure people you really care about them and not just do it being fake you got to fake it to make it fine but, but don't be a fake person. But don't be a fake person. Genuinely care about people. Genuinely love and appreciate including the negative things of the world. Because if you don't, then you're missing out on something and you're going to have continuous door slammed in your face, the finger, and rejection. We're talking about the middle finger, by the way, not the thumb or whatever. Not like a thumbs up. It's like a birdie finger in your face um kind of going off of that like i've noticed members of even members of my own family members or people that i know that are super religious they have a different personality everywhere they go they've got a work self they've got a home self they've got a church self they've got like a customer service self like i'm not saying you have to be the exact same treat everybody the same type of mentality everywhere you go but have the same basics, have the same ground rules, have the same ethics that everywhere you go. Because like it would it would drive me nuts that you know growing up, my sister, her and I did not get along. My older sister, and but she would go go to church and she'd be someone completely different, so, someone super nice. Come home and be just the biggest asshole I could ever think. And then she'd go hang out with her friends and be a totally different person. Go to work and be a totally different person. That's got to be exhausting. I, I don't get how you do it. I don't get how people do it. I'm not saying you, Steve, but I just don't get how you in general can do that. If you're listening and you do that, email Steve and tell us how the hell you do it because I'm exhausted just trying to be myself everywhere I go. I could only imagine trying to keep up on different personalities. It's difficult. So there are some people in some organizations that I'm with that are – on a complete they are very fixated on their political standards if they're like super i don't know super gun rights get people or super blm or super lgbtq or super demo super republican super this and i'm not saying they're all super but they're their way or the highway kind of mentality and they have a hard time bridging trying to find the middle ground and and sometimes they can get very sensitive i guess you would say so sometimes it's hard you kind of have to beat around the bush or not really associate with them because you've already clarified that some of these people are see the opposite of what you see and so it's I'm still trying to figure out how to make diplomatic relations or should I even give a shit about these people anymore. And it's kind of harder when they're in a higher 
when they have more power and jurisdiction and that they can throw you under the bus based on some other um what's the word um thinking i had a drink before this (laughs) it's you have some people it's kind of forces you to if if you end up burning their bridge they have their connections and if their connections are just as fixated as they are on their spectrum when they're on their team once you step out of line with them they he has that person has more power than you to spread the word that you're a bad person or you're this and they believe them and they won't even give you the time of day to talk with you because you're not worth their time and they don't even bother because people like to hear don't like to hear it from the the original source they like third person and oh, second person they like gossiping yeah gossiping and they if they really cared about you they would actually seek out seek out you saying hey what's i want to hear your side of the story what's going on on your end nope i'd rather hear my friends in and judge you and call it a day so i've got an answer for that because i have a few co-workers that you know if we set our differences aside we get along great um there's one who i'm not going to name names just in case they ever listen yeah but um but this individual is not very I wouldn't say anti-gun, but not pro-gun. Kind of like in the middle, neutral about it. But they see me as a, as a weirdo because I love guns. I love touching them, feeling them, looking at them, researching about them, buying them. I, I've got a lot of guns. And so if we don't talk about that and we don't talk about my political views because it's one of those where their way or the highway, we get along great. So there are just certain topics that i know to avoid and i have to actually kind of dim down my sense of humor a little bit because i mean you work in construction field right now i've worked construction our sense of humors are fucked up like it's 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 dark dark humor makes us laugh and (laughs) hr department (laughs) so bad and there are certain things that i know i can't say around this person and i'm not changing my personality i'm just I'm just using my filter that's very, very thin, but I'm using that filter to just, I know that if I say something about this topic, this person's going to get offended and then it's going to be a whole nother, a whole nother issue that I just don't want to deal with. It's not, it's not because I want to protect their ears, their poor little, little child ears, but it's because it's, it will become an issue that I just don't want to deal with. Yes. So. I mean, is that kind of what you were talking about? Yeah, you have to. You have to cut out. It's an um. You have to all overcome and adapt. Adapt to your situation. Yeah. And adapt. Every person is pretty. Every person that you meet is an adaptive personality. You have to adapt and blend sometimes. Or you can be yourself, which you can be yourself. You just have to cut out some conversations, which you can. And cut out and open up different venture conversations that right. you can. Well, and it's, it's like, like you don't talk to you don't talk to them about vortex. You talk to them about I love your T-shirt. Where'd you get it? <laughs> well, and it's kind of like you know when I talk to my family now. You know, for a while, uh, 
they they just didn't really care that we didn't believe what they believed, and they'd still sit there and bear their testimonies to us. And finally, I put my foot down and said, "Look, I I appreciate you feeling comfortable sharing your beliefs, but I'm going to start sharing mine." And so me and my wife did. We started sharing our beliefs with them, and they didn't like it. So guess what? We don't talk about now. Yeah, religion. We don't talk about religion. And you know what? It's so much better. Like, it's like my relationship with my parents since I've left the LDS church. And mind you, like I said, my dad, he's been a seminary teacher my entire life. He's been in the bishopric multiple times. He's been the bishop. He's on the high council right now. I think it's his second or third go around on the high council. Like, he's fully vested into this religion. But since I told him I don't believe in it and I'm out. For the first few months, it was rough. I'm not going to lie. It was rough. It was hard for both of us to overcome. Like, I felt like a disappointment, and he looked at me like I was a disappointment. So I was a disappointment. And But after, I think, three months, we both started – I mean, we had a conversation. We both started trying a little bit harder. And now, like, I text my dad – almost on a regular basis and it's we have pleasant conversations we don't talk about religion we don't talk about i mean he'll still sit there and say like i'll pray for you and i'm thinking yeah like that's gonna help you know but i don't say it but you know we we sit there and we'll talk about you know i do a lot of work on my house which you need to come and see by the way because it's fantastic i've seen pictures i know i posted pictures but um we'll talk about projects he'll ask me questions about guns i got him I got him to go to a concealed carry class that I actually went with him uh, to, and it was it was fun. I enjoyed learning about gun safety and all that stuff, and um, but it took a while. But after that, and if you're struggling in this situation, give it time because my dad and I have never been closer than we are now. I'm, we're still not perfectly close, but it's a lot better, and I've noticed a huge difference in his attitude towards me once I pointed out to him like. You treat me this way, and this is why. Because my older brother was the golden child. Kind well, kind of. After he was after high school, he was the golden child. Went on a mission, got married in the temple, blah 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 blah. All the all the stuff that he's supposed to do. And then there's me where uh they didn't know about it until after, but I smoked weed, uh, drank, you know, vaped like a chimney, swear like a sailor. Uh, you know, I've never went on a mission, got married civilly. And all those factors that they subconsciously didn't know that they were building a case up against me, once I pointed it out, he was able to consciously defilter all that, and we were able to start fresh. And it was nice. But like I was saying before, we don't talk about religion now. It's hard. It's the hardest when there is so much uh, animosity. I don't know if animosity is the right word. I don't even know what that word means. There's so many problems between you and the other person where the memories of the negative things clouds the judgment and it just builds kind of a form of a grudge or you have just this negative thing. Every time you think about this certain thing or the certain person, you are just so in, I call it uh, inner toxication and it's, is that a real word? Did you make it up? I made it up. Okay. Well, I like it. It sounds good. So it's so Ukdorf said this once, and um, I'm not gonna say it verbatim because I can't. But holding a grudge, it, holding a grudge against somebody is like drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die, to die. 
So pretty much why you're thinking, you're allowing that other person to have free rent in your brain of corrupting you. It is killing you inside where you just want, that's all you think about is a negative, that person. You're allowing them to have free rent in your brain. Why are they there in the first place? You need to, this is where the, the book, The Anatomy of Peace comes in. It's, you can interpret it about being a pacifist or making peace with yourself and your enemies because the more you think about them in a negative sense the more is it it you're pretty much drinking hard liquor like ever you're pretty much drinking seven shots of everclear oh i love liquor. <laughs> but Don't give me that analogy i'm gonna start doing it no <laughs> i'm a bad influence well, you know there's this rapper uh royce to five nine it's in the song detroit for everybody i highly suggest you listen to it if you like rap even if you don't listen to it it's a great song but there's a line in there where royce says a wise man told me that how did he word it holding the grudge uh say now i'm gonna fuck this up because i'm trying to quote it hmm. a wise man told me that holding a grudge is like letting somebody live inside of your head rent free yes same thing. Yeah, Same yeah. Thing. You just don't have to listen to church about it. So, and I, again, I highly recommend also reading the Anatomy of Peace or listening to it on Audible. Because it's not more... Not sponsored. Not sponsored. None of, nothing on here is sponsored, by the way. Cough. <clears throat> not yet. Um, oh, we're approaching, we're approaching our time here. I know. When it comes down to whatever negative thing you have, it's it sounds stupid, and it sound, and if you're not religious, it doesn't matter. Finding forgiveness in your enemies, in yourself, finding love and appreciation for yourself, regardless of all the screw-ups that you've done, regardless of all the screw-ups they've done to you, Forgive, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine the kingdom, power, glory, forever and ever. Amen. Um, it really comes down to helping you. This symbol I have that you'll see on a lot of the, the episodes, my symbol, the SAH3, it represents the top, bottom, and right trials, lessons, and blessings, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and apparently the LDS religion doesn't like the Trinity thing. I don't know why. Hmm. Everything, every bad person, every good person, and whoever is there for a reason for you, whether it's destiny or fate, whatever. They're meant to, every like, bad person that has done you wrong or your situation, it's there as a reminder that this is the trial that you're going through. You've picked up so many lessons from that trial. And you have to, once you learned and being able to move on and help yourself out and help elders around you find the blessings throughout all those bad things that have happened to you and others. So before we, because we <coughs> said we got to finish up here in a minute, so I'm going to try to make this quick. Um, bottom line that I've come to the conclusion of is if you need religion, for those morals and to be a good person that's fine but if you try to pinpoint on me and make me make me look at it or try to make me join whatever religion you're part of that's where i draw the line you know if if you need like if, if someone's an inherently bad person they need jesus to become a good person that's great but 
I think bottom line, you just need to be a good person. That that's what this life is about. Be a good person. Um, make it so that way. At the end of the day, you look back on your day and you're proud of what you did. You're proud of what you said. You don't regret anything that you said. And that's it. Live life that way, and and you'll be happy. Because if if you're not happy, you're doing something wrong. It's not your mom or your dad or your stepbrother or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It's you. If you're not happy at the end of the day, that's your choice. And I like to think of myself as a pessimist or optimistic realist. Not pessimist. I'm not a negative person. I I don't sugarcoat things, but I always try to look at the positive. So if something happens, like let me give you a quick story. We were up in Boise, Idaho, which is six hours away from where I live, and our transmission blew up. Instead of sitting there saying, poor me, poor me, poor me, I thought – you know, well, at least we were only two miles away from the mechanic. I got to go back up to Boise and visit my grandpa, get a second little vacation out of it. Sure, it cost me a lot of money, but the memories that I have with my grandpa are priceless because when he ends up passing away, I'm going to have all those memories to look back on. So, yeah, my transmission blown up, cost me $6,000 with all the rental cars and stuff. Yeah, that sucked. But at the same time, I'm glad that it happened because I got an extra weekend with my grandpa out of it. So. I think we can end that right there. Mm, look at that. Good timing. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the invite. I'm, I'm happy to come anytime you need me. Oh, yeah? Anytime. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. I hope this was uh, beneficial and helpful. And Take care.